Shalom Aleichem, Chodesh Tov Mevorach to all of you listeners of this beautiful station, a great station, which broadcasts only Debre Torah, Debre Etorerut, Debre Musar, Debre Alacha, and also, of course, religious music. This is Rabbi Albaz from the Sephardic Lebanese congregation. I'm going to be talking about Parashat Shemini, which we read yesterday, and also if there's any, some kind of connection, or say some kind of a topic, common topic between uh, Parashat Shemini and Pirkei Avot. As you know, we read now and study Pirkei Avot between Pesach and Shavuot uh, in order to improve our behavior before we are ready to be Mikabel to receive the Torah on Shavuot. Uh, the most salient feature that event that uh, occurred in Parashat Shemini, unfortunately, was the death of Nadab Abihu, two great giants of, uh, of uh, uh, Hasidim, uh, pious people, Sadiqim, uh, two children of Aharon. Prior to that, there was tremendous joy. People were extremely happy. They were uh, uh, all anticipating a, a something that had never happened before. And that is that the fire was going to come down straight from heaven and go on the awla, on the sacrifice, and burn the sacrifice automatically. And it did. But then Nadab the two sons of Aaron brought Ish Zara, foreign fire, Asher Lo Siva Otam, which they were not commanded to do. He said, Lo Siva Otam, were not commanded to do. That is very important here, the fact that they were not commanded to do. Foreign fire, they weren't supposed to do that. Then, the Gemara in Masachet Eruvin says, Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Lo metu b'nei Aharon, the children, the sons of Aharon, didn't die except that the fact that Horu halacha b'fnei Moshe Rabban, because they actually uh, took the initiative on their own and rule on halacha in front of their rabbi, Moshe Rabbeinu, the teacher. In other words, they shouldn't have gone and take this foreign fire and put it on their own. There's a rabbi there. There's a teacher. You have to go and ask first. They didn't ask. Because they didn't ask, they were punished. Now, this is a question of we have this principle. A person who rules on halakha, like in front, in the presence of his rabbi, is hayab mitah. Now, what, how do we understand that? After all, you can ask, well, what is the crime committed over here? What is happening? Also, we know, I mean, Arab Shemaha, Kevodo, Kevodo Mahol. I mean, if Hacham says, okay, all right, you know, you don't have to honor me, go ahead, answer what you want. Then it's fine, you know, he's Kevodo Mahol, he's forgiven. 
But there is something very, very important and essential in the idea of a Talmud going and ruling in front of his rabbi. The first thing we have in Pirkei Avot, it says, Moshe Kibel Torah Misinai. Moshe Rabbeinu received the Torah from Akadosh Baruch Hu in Sinai. Then it says, Umsara Leoshua. And he gave it over. Not that he gave it. It sounds like a gift. He transmitted it. Limsor, Mesira. Mesira means that whatever he got, he gave over. Didn't add anything. Did not deduct anything. He gave over whatever he learned from Hashem. Masar li And then, Yoshua liskenim to the elders. The elders to the Nevi'im. And so on to the Knesset and so on and so forth. Which means one very important principle in Judaism, in studying the Torah, that is Masoret. Meaning, something that's been transmitted from rabbi to student. Extremely important. We don't have innovations here. The, the, there's there's an uh, uh, opposite things between science and Torah. Science thrives on innovations. Discover more. Get something more and more. Torah, no. We are unique. We are nursing from the teachings of our teachers, former teachers, all the way up to Moshe Rabbeinu. That's what we do. At the beginning, there was 613 mitzvot. Nowadays, there are exactly 613 mitzvot with the addition of the mitzvot of the Rabbanan. From the Torah, same thing. We don't add. Foreign fire could mean something Something foreign. It can't have anything foreign. Everything has to be from the Torah itself, from whatever we learn. Now, if we allow every single student to go ahead and instead of getting the answer from the teacher, which is the Masoret, destroy that beautiful thing and start doing things on his own, then we don't have the true Torah any longer. That's the problem. A student cannot know as much. His teacher is the one that's teaching him. He has to follow thing. And if you start, every single person, every Talmud is going to say, okay, I'm going to take my own initiative. Forget about what my teacher said. I'm going to do whatever I want. Then we're destroying the whole fiber of the Masoret. This is why Moreh Halakha Bifnirabo is something uh, that is very grave, very serious. Now, there's something to that effect that we have in the Pirke Avot also, unless it's a connection that I'm making. Obviously, they, there may be a, a lot of other different things between uh, Parashat Shemini, perhaps, and, and Pirke Avot, but I just, I'm choosing on only this particular topic. Uh, we say all the time before we start any perik of the Mishnah, including Perik Avod, we say, Kol Israel Ishlaim Helek Leolam Abba. And then 
in the middle there we say, Netzer Mata'ai. Netzer Mata'ai. A branch of my planting. What does that mean? A branch? In other words, the Bnei Israel are a branch of the planting of Hashem. This is, you, you, I want to dwell on this for a couple of minutes. Uh, there is a, a, a Pirkei Avot with a, uh, a Pirush of uh, Bunim, a, a beautiful Pirush there. And he brings this idea. He brings the idea of the difference between Zri'ah and Neti'ah. Neti'ah meaning planting has to do with trees. We plant trees. Zri'ah has to do with like vegetables. Something that you saw on the ground. That's Zri'ah. Neti'ah is for plants, for trees. Now, there is a very basic difference here between Zri'ah and Neti'ah. When you take, for example, take a, a, a potato and you want to plant it in the ground and eventually when this potato give you more potatoes, what would happen is the original potato, let's call it the mother potato, is going to rot first. It rots first. And then you get the fruits afterwards. Either new potatoes later. And this is true for all these things that go on the ground. With a tree, it's the opposite. When you plant a tree, you have that tree always healthy and strong in order to give you beautiful fruits later on. The branches of the tree always keep taking, keep nursing their sap from the tree itself. You destroy the tree, you're not going to have any fruits anymore. That's the difference between Zeriah and Nitiah. Zeriah is by the Goim. Nitiah is by us. Uh, the Goim may not need their elders. They don't care about their elders. They may or may not need them. Many, many uh, dictators or early kings, whatever, they've been executed. They don't care. They always say, oh, new thing, you know, new, new, new. Communism came and they executed all the uh, nobles uh, before. Then communism wasn't good anymore. It was a big falsehood. And now they have something else. Rabutai. Us, we are like a, a plant. The root, meaning the hachamim. They are the ones that we take everything from. They have to be solid. As long as they are solid, we respect them, we honor them, then the fruits will be good. And th this is the idea behind uh, the hachamim say that the uh, nation of Israel is compared to a dove. In other words, the body of the dove is the nation of Israel. And the wings of the dove are the hachamim, the elders of the hachamim. What does that mean? You know, 
a dove without wings is powerless, can do nothing. Can do anything. Like a sitting dove. Give her the wings, she can fly. She can protect herself. The wings are the protection. Our hachamim are our protection. Maybe the British, the Americans, the Chinese, they don't need their elders. We do. Not only we do, we must keep them, our hachamim, our elders. Always respect them, honor them, because we learn everything from them. That's the, the difference here between us and the Goim. In May, okay, there are many differences, but this is one extremely important to remember the Masoret, which is uh, a very serious principle uh, in Judaism, which always tells us we should always learn from our rabbis, from our elders. Uh, now, I would just like to mention uh, a few words about uh, Hagat's Ma'ut. As you know, this Thursday is Hagat's Ma'ut uh, uh, is celebrated. Hagat's Ma'ut is celebrated in uh, in Eretz this Thursday. Uh, I'd like to mention something uh, interesting about that. First, let me bring a couple of uh, uh, historical notes. In uh, November 1947, the United Nations announced the partition of Israel, whereby half would be given to the to the Arabs and half to the Jews. Now the Arabs didn't, didn't want, didn't accept that. The Jews accepted it, did not accept it. So they started attacking. For six months, the Arabs attacked. Now, these were more like local militias. This was not like the armies. It was local militias. And the Jews lost a lot of, lot of, lot of people. Then, in May 14, 1948, then Israel declared its independence. And the independence, after the declaration, it was recognized by Russia, by the United States, but most other nations, and so on. Immediately after the declaration, now we have real armies coming in. Five armies. Five. Egypt, Lebanon, Syria, Jordan, and Iraq. Iraq also sent the army there. Imagine a small little nation, unprepared for war, having perhaps... 20,000 trained soldiers. At that time, they didn't have one tank. They didn't have one cannon. Can you imagine? Not one tank even to fight with. The United States had declared arms embargo, which means no arms will be coming from the United States to the Middle East. But the Arabs had no problem getting arms because they got them from the British themselves. The Jews could not get them from the British. They had to smuggle whatever they could, arms from Czechoslovakia. And what happened at the end? 
after nine months of war, an armistice was, armistice meaning a truce was signed between the Jews and the Arabs where the Jews had won the war and increased their territory. It's mind-boggling. Think about it. How could this happen? Only one way. Isn't this? When, the more I read about the War of Independence, the more I see how great the Hasadim of HaKadosh Baruch Hu towards the Bnei Israel. Because every single nation in the world didn't give 1% chance for Israel to win a war against five armies. They were outnumbered in every way. Whether it was for the troops or whether it was uh, resources, uh, wealth, uh, armament. But they still won the war. Rabotai, there is a difference between Yisiat Mitzrayim and the War of Independence. And I'll tell you what the difference is. It's the Atmitzraim, the war Nisim Gluim. You know what Gluim means? Revealed. That everybody could see when the, when, 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 when the sea is split. That's a nest to everybody. That can't happen unless HaKadosh Baruch Hu says so. The Ten Makot, the Eser Makot, the man, the man coming from the sky. Rabotai, these things can only happen if Hashem makes it happen. So everyone recognized them. Shame'u Amimir Gazun. All the nations, they heard about these things and they started to, tra to tremble. Why? Because obviously this is, this is, no one can deny this is a nest. But when you take, for example, the nest that happened on Purim, you see, that's, that's slightly different. Why? Even the name of Hashem is not mentioned once in the Megillah. Not even once. But when you look at the series of events, you see that it's almost, I mean, it, it's illogical. It's irrational. How could these things just happen? These things don't happen like that. The only way they can happen is because there's a planner HaKadosh Baruch Hu planned it. They wanted it to happen to save the Bnei Israel. That's the only way. But that's called a nest nistar. Nistar means covered, not revealed. And the Hachamim say that from there on, from the, uh, the, the story of, of, of Esther on, HaKadosh Baruch Hu did not make uh, any nisim gluim for the survival of the Bnei Israel. Hanukkah at the battlefront. Hanukkah was later than Purim. At the battlefront, we don't encounter any nes galui. The only nes galui there was was the oil in the Beit Hamikdash. But as far as the war itself. There was, we don't know of any nest that was Galui. And that's why it was incom incomprehensible either. Well, uh, the, the few were able to chase out the whole Greek empire, but it's obvious. It has to be a nest. There's no other way. Well, the same thing 
with Haggard's mode. It was an S. And there's no other way to explain it. You know, Rabino Bachir asked a question. He says, what is the most outstanding, extraordinary example or event which shows that Hashem controls our destiny? And he watches us. Now, if I were to ask you this question, your answer would be, hey, you see At Mitzrayim. You see At Mitzrayim. That, that's very extraordinary. And, and it is. We never, we never had a repeat of something like that. Very extraordinary. But he says something else. He says, you know what? Really, the most extraordinary thing is that we are still a nation. We exist. Rabbeinu he lived about 700 years ago. And he's saying 700 years ago, the nation of Israel still existed. He said that is the most extraordinary thing. Now we are 700 years later. After so many persecutions, so many exiles from country to country, inquisitions, holocausts, pogroms all over, we're still here. That shows that the words of Rabbeinu Bachir are, are, really, are really true. The nations themselves that tried to persecute us have risen and fallen. Some of them don't exist anymore. But we do, because Hashem told us we're going to stay here. This shows, this shows the, the, the constant watching and looking over the Bnei Israel at all times. Now, so what is the big lesson we're going to learn from here? You know, the Goim have what they call a Thanksgiving day. Yeah, well, one day a year, they sit down and thank, us, thank their God. Okay? Thanksgiving day. Why? Because in 1600, something like that, they had a, a big uh, crop, tremendous thing, you know. Some say because there are a lot of turkeys, whatever. What about us? Do we have a Thanksgiving day? Rabutain. Our Thanksgiving day is every day. Every single day we say in Mudim, Anahnulach, we say, Anisecha Shebecholyom Imanu. We thank Hashem for the miracles that we have and He does for us every single day. Anifleotecha Vitobotecha. All the wonders and the kindnesses that Hashem does. Ereb. Every single day, morning, afternoon, and evening. Every single day is a day we have to thank, be grateful to Hashem. But if there's any day that we should intensify our gratefulness to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it would be Yom Ha'atzma'ut. You know, something similar Shavuot is the Dev Matan Torah. What do you mean? The Torah is every day. 
You know, it says, Bayom ba'u Midbar Sinai. When, when the, the Torah was relating that the Bnei Israel came to Midbar Sinai, it didn't say, Bayom Ahu. On that day, they came to Sinai. It says, Bayom Hazeh, on this day. And Rashi said, this day meaning, every day we have to look at it as a day of the Torah. Not only Shavuot, but the actual Matan Torah physically happened on Shavuot. Physically happened on Shavuot. But every day, we have to renew Kabbalat Torah. Whenever we say the Berachah of the Torah in the morning, Notena Torah, is giving every single day. Yes, but there is a day, Shavuot, which physically we receive the Torah from Hashem. This day, because of the greatness, just like Hanukkah, with the Kadosh Baruch there's a tremendous Nisim, Nisim Nistarim. And just like Anpurim, Nisim Nistarim, the Kadosh Baruch the great Nisim Nistarim. Same thing, the Haggad Smaut. We have to realize the, net, the tremendous miracle that Hashem did to us by being able to sustain all the the the, uh, the, uh, the armies of our enemies, able to defeat them and actually win the battle. This Yehirazon that Akadosh Baruch should continue with this Nisim at all times. And Be'ezat Hashem with this, we should be we should hope that the Mashiach Tzitkenu will be coming uh, very, very, very soon. So I want to remind you, Rabbi that this station is an extremely important station for us because of what it always uh, beams to the public and try to give as many contributions as you can. And if you need any accommodations for a simha, please contact SLC. We have a beautiful social hall that can accommodate you. Shabbat Tov, Rosh Chodesh Tov.